Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of It Is Not Your Team. It's you here in 2021. Welcome to the new year, I think. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Taylor Graves. And we welcome you guys in. Uh, Hope you guys are having a good day. We are recording this on, um, I believe it is Thursday, January 7th of 2021. I'm wearing yep, my lucky one weekend. sweater. We're one weekend. We're one weekend. You know, we got a little bit of a coup going on, possible civil war. But hey, look, college football still going to happen next week. Haley, is it too soon? Allegedly. It's allegedly, allegedly going to happen. happen. <laughs> I uh, feel like that's our word. That's our word. We're in 2021, and we are keeping the word allegedly as a tag on everything that we have to say. Disclaimer. We just, we just don't know. You're right. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, the college football national championship happens next week in Miami between my, uh, between Alabama. Alabama and Ohio State. Alabama. Alabama, of course. Alabama. We're, ex- we're expected to see those guys, but Ohio State, my gosh. Whatever you felt about them, well, we'll have to get into that later. Mm. Uh, we definitely will. Um, that was kind of the big shocker from uh, the bowl season, but we're going to talk about that, breaking down the bowl matchups. It was a really good bowl season for some conferences, historically bad for others. Uh, we got to see a first and a Heisman winner, and we have, I mean, we have a ton to talk about with coaching changes, Coaches staying across the country, so we are glad you guys are joining us. And obviously, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Haley, uh, did you put money on Clemson to go to the national championship? No. Damn sure glad I didn't, too. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, there's probably a lot of people who made some money up in Ohio by betting on their Buckeyes to take Clemson. Um, Because, uh, um, as we know, uh, NBA college basketball are back, back. The playoffs are back. And, of course, uh, college football playoffs were massive. Uh, so with right. everything going on, there's uh, plenty of bets to lock in, all types of prop bets, just, you know, apart from just the games themselves. So from game spreads, totals, team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the casino you can go to open 24-7. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Have you memorized that yet? No, you'd think I would after like 18 episodes now. Uh, but, you know, we get new copy every once in a while. So, fair. fair BetOnline.ag. That's where I get my game spreads. It's actually a really easy site to use for anybody out there. It's very, very simple, which and I And like. shit, there's a lot of games this weekend. So many games. That's what the world, like we, I mean, that's probably very shallow of me to say that that's what we need right now. But we've got big NFL. Big no, we NFL weekend. Stuff. Yeah. Right. No, no, that's not shallow. We, we, <laughs> we do need, we need something yeah. to take away our attention just for a few minutes. Okay. Right. And then we will get back to, you know, the, uh, the fight for the soul of this country. Is that um, not the most American thing ever that everything will pause for the sanity of sports to take place over the weekend. And then I'm sure we'll go back to burning on Monday. It will. No, that is, that is, a hundred percent true because oh, I'm not, not Monday. The national championship is Monday, Tuesday. Stay tuned exactly. for Tuesday. That is Monday will be the only day that Republicans and Democrats put their weapons down and be like, Hey, we got to see Bama take on the Buckeyes. All right. After that though, we're going to get back to it. Oh. Um, all right. So where to start? Um, the bowl season uh, obviously wrapped up before we get to the playoffs. Um, yep. We we were really interested Haley to see um, a few different matchups, specifically the bigger bowls, who was going to show up, who wasn't. Was the SEC going to pull the, well, we didn't make it to the championship game, so we're just not going to try. And one school actually did. Uh, but from all of the bowl games, I want to get your thoughts. Like, what, what was your takeaway from bowl season? What, what really impressed you? What was your favorite game? I mean, of course, my favorite game was the last bowl game of the season. <laughs> Duh, the Orange Bowl. Um, unnecessarily stressful, but still, I mean, even as a non-A&M fan, like that was one of the best games. It was entertaining. It was high scoring through and yeah, through. Two tied, nas- tied going into the fourth quarter. Like, right, that's, two that's national liked. championship coaches. A&M scoring 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter was my favorite part. But all in all, Basically, aside from whatever Florida decided to not do, um, all the other bowl games were worth watching. It was fun. It was entertaining. And Auburn, I don't know why you or Florida showed up. You might as well have stayed home. 
putting that shit on the field. But yeah, everything else was fun. It was that was interesting. And we kind of we guessed that for Auburn that they would right. not be successful against Northwestern, just like last year when they got beat by Minnesota. Yeah. That's an odd little not rivalry, but dichotomy right there of somehow that section of the Big Ten is just beating Auburn. Out well, of, it, it's, and- it's odd. And it was expected. Auburn's coach got fired. Like their their team truly had nothing to live for. And it was I think what our biggest takeaway can be ultimately is that what we've said going back, the, the college football season just wrapped up in a beautiful, nice bow for us because we said week one, same thing we said week 13, 15, whatever it is, um, <laughs> that culture matters. And that was more than relevant in these bowl games. And I think that's why you had the Oklahoma's win and show up. That's why you saw the victory that A&M did. You saw even, even the fight UNC had with their building and the program they're becoming. But then you had the Floridas and the Auburns that that is just a smokescreen of what they want you to believe is a good culture program. And it's not, that's why Gus Malzahn, obviously left and what Florida did in the bowl game is just it's disrespectful to football in my opinion it's right there along with the lines of I don't know again we're not an NFL show but we love football so we watch it of what last Sunday what Doug Peterson did in benching Jalen Hurts basically deliberately yeah oh man giving up that game very much in the same vein is what I felt out of Florida. Well, let's let's stick with that for a second. So for folks who don't know, I mean, Oklahoma destroyed Florida. And, and yeah. I got to say, obviously, uh, you know, this game had an asterisk because Florida had so many people out. Namely, I think they had 24 players right. or 20, they had 24 contributors. So when we say contributor, I think it was only nine starters, but 24 contributors, meaning players that rotated in and had meaningful snaps. Like right. that's, that's a significant amount of players out. It, it is without a doubt. I mean, Kyle Pitts, um, uh, all of their starting uh, wide receivers Tony, uh, I mean, that was a big deal. Right. Having said that, yeah. Watching that game, even if Florida was full strength, I still think OU would have crushed them. Let's remember I, that defense was terrible. Right. So it might not have been 50 to 22 or whatever right. the score ended up being, but Oklahoma still wins that game. Right. I, I, I just wanted that game to be entertaining. Those two rosters matching up like that. Man. That's what we deserve. That's, that's what was missing of this whole season was seeing uh, like two separate conferences go head to head and their best teams. And then Quite frankly, it pisses me off. Like, still, again, Florida, if you were going to do that, you didn't deserve to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. You did not. And, and you know, th- it, at least true. bow out yeah. gracefully. If you knew, like, if you knew that was the quality of play that you were going to put on the field, bow out. There was yes. no no reason to play that game. That was a lackluster performance. It ultimately hurt Kyle Trask. He played the worst game of his entire season it has people questioning if it was if he was only a product of the talent around him how good of a quarterback actually is he I know one game like these are obviously extremes for people to draw these conclusions of after one game but there's still head scratchers there's still a situation that he wouldn't be in had Florida just been like hey we have a lot of guys opting out we're not going to do this one and that's all it had to be done instead because so many other teams did it and it would have been understood but what they did instead was hurt their program absolutely and if anybody doesn't really know exactly what Haley's talking about as far as bowing out Dan, Dan Mullen after the game said that the 2020 Florida Gators already played their last game this season yeah. it was which is just so insulting he basically said this is the JV squad that I yeah. have yeah which to your point is can't be fun to hear if you're in Indiana it can't right. be fun to hear if you're a Coastal Carolina or somebody else who would have loved to take that shot, even right. if what was against a really good team. That, that, Dan Mullen is everything that is wrong right now with college football that people are upset about. Opting out, culture, as you've talked about all yep. year, Haley, the right and wrongs of how we should treat situations. For whatever reason, somehow, we, I texted you this weekend, and you and I were both like, oh, what? PFT uh, rankings. Yes, pro football focus. Co- pro football focus gave him coach of the year? Yep. What the same guy who begged fans to come and not care about COVID, the same guy whose stadium burnt down this year, the same guy who got uh, fined uh, by the SEC for for talking about the refs in a, a derogatory way, the same guy that lost to three and five LSU and made excuses for a shoe throw, and then says, "Well, my team already they played their last game uh, of 2020. That this game doesn't matter. That's just yeah. wrong. Like you yeah. said, all of it is just stay home, opt out. Couldn't agree right. more." 
I mean, and again, goes back to culture, goes back uh, to your foundation. That is the culture of Florida. Absolutely. And I don't know if I'd want to send my kid there to, to play for that guy. Right. It's just poor leadership by Dan mm -hmm. Mullen. Because uh, yep. it, it has nothing to do with the win or, or the loss. It doesn't matter. Just those right. comments and that attitude and, sends and the it was, wrong message. Right. And it was just, there was no, you know, bowl games, bowl games have taken a hit in recent years, largely due to the college football playoff. In my opinion, bowl games have, for whatever reason, meant less to a lot of programs, which really starts with leadership and how your head coach approaches bowl games but bowl games used to mean something that was your last time for a lot of guys that was the game you play for the seniors that's the game that's setting the tone for the next season and florida just i mean it was it was disrespectful it, yeah, it was I mean, shameful. your head coach kind of almost right. th he threw you under the bus right basically we're saying like yeah they're not even that good to play but we played anyways like what the, right what is that how do you feel if you're right. on that team right Oh man, and, and you look bad. at you look at some of the opposite examples. You've mentioned A and M, and they're a really good victory against UNC. That was a great game, as you mentioned. And both of those programs heading in the right way with great leadership in Jimbo Fisher and yep. Mac Brown. You look at the same thing with some of the other bowl games of Matt yep. Campbell and Iowa State being able yep. to take it to Oregon. Yep. You look at Cincinnati, who I attest lost to Georgia. Not that Georgia won. Right. That Cincinnati team deserved to be in the conversation. That was a hell of a football game that they played. That got away with them with some questionable coaching at the end. But, I mean, it does point to that, that this year that accountability and culture and leadership was the key for yep. a lot of these programs to succeed when we look at all the little stories of Coastal Carolina and the Indianas and everything like that. Um, and it does speak, I think, to everybody else that did not let, live up to that when we look at the University of Texas, when we look at the University of Michigan, what's happening right now at the University of Tennessee with right. Jeremy Pruitt with a – lack of leadership and accountability throughout the program that you're seeing some mass changes. Right. And, and it's just ultimately interesting, you know, and just kind of thinking back about Dan Wallen's comments, like a lot of times people always say, especially in the SEC, it just means more. It's literally a tagline, right? Not for Florida, nope. not for Florida. And I think another thing is people always have to acknowledge you can't let the university of Alabama beat you twice. And Florida didn't just let them, beat them twice they let them put get buried in their grave it's it is embarrassing to think about like folks this was the sec east champion right this is one of the best year you have not done that since yeah. the likes of tebow i mean this was a ma major major deal why yeah that's why the season that way that's why that's why i'm disgusted that's why yeah, i'm it's angry terrible. because there's a lot of other players and teams that have actually showed up but... a&m finished strong uh, they did. For whatever we've talked about, Georgia, they were able to hold off Cincinnati. Uh, where do you most... think, random question, where do you think A&M is going to finish when the final rankings come out? <sighs> that is a really good question. I've they, actually thought a lot about it. They might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would too if, I, if I'm an A&M fan. I think with the way that it's going right now, that they're probably going to get a top five finish. I do think, though, that with the way that OU finished the year yeah. and then what they did to Florida, they also have a strong chance to be number five. Oh, I was thinking A&MIB three. No, I don't think so. Three or four. Maybe, can... maybe four. Maybe four. I don't think three, though. Okay, then who, would you, who are you going to finish it as? I'm going to – this would be controversial because I know you don't want to hear me say this. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Clemson. To be number three. To be number three. I think it'll go – well, I'd give away my pick if I say it, but I think in some form, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson right. – Maybe an A&M, then a Notre Dame, or a I Notre Dame, it, then an A&M, something it has like that. A, I think it has to be A&M. They, won, they nothing, won with a win. Notre Dame did not. Yeah. There's nothing that – Notre Dame finished with two losses. That's right. Two blowout um, losses. Right. I think OU could make a – I think – I mean, people wanted OU to be there. Hell, we saw them rise to number six in the final rankings, you know, right. so they could be a strong possibility for at least a top five finish, right? I think A&M finishes four with OU – five and Notre Dame yeah. six. I'm not going to be shocked if A&M right. gets to three. I'd say four or right. five though, for sure. Either way, A&M, if you're an A&M fan, which you are obviously, but yes. to those who aren't. I'm repping it. I'm wearing my Texas A&M gear in case anyone's wondering today. Tyler's also. He's I, wearing yeah. maroon. 
I'm wearing maroon today. I'm, I'm feeling Look at that. It, it only took me six months to ch- transform him into an Aggie. What well, can I, I say? I, I, I got a lot going on on my side um, as far as the Texas fan goes. So like, <laughs> you do have a lot. Because you look at it. I mean, AM has is doing what they said they wanted to do, specifically Jimbo. I mean, right. they're looking at getting a top five finish, most likely, at the end of this year with a New Year's Six Bowl win. They're heading in the right direction. They got right. the year out of Kellen Mond that Texas fans wanted from a Sam Ellinger. Um, yeah. And both these kids are leaving. And what they meant to their programs was massive. For Kellen right. Mond, um, I know Johnny is going to be probably, like, who's the greatest a player? Like, it's going to be Johnny. But Right. Like, it, it's, it's funny people forget that, you know, because, yes, like, Kellen Mond, he broke all these records. Like, I'll pull him up for you. Shout out to Texags for paying, for staying on this stuff. I'm pretty sure he finished in, you know, top, he was passing leader touchdowns responsible for all of these things you know but Kelamon has also started since he was a freshman right so just a little asterisk that I like to throw out there how many quarterbacks actually play from their freshman year to their senior season I don't think he ever missed a game either so I would hope that he would break all these records okay here they are he's now Texas A&M's career leader in passing yards passing touchdowns completions and total offense accounted for which is amazing that's huge props to him great guy great leader I love what he actually did not only in the locker room but what he did off the field as well speaks volumes but at the end of the day Johnny did that in two seasons he did um however I mean I gotta say I I love Johnny football I think he's great (laughs) but I look at it from program building and taking steps right Kellen Mond you could make the argument has done as much as Johnny did Johnny to elevate the program but Kellen to build upon it with what he's been able to do and representing it the right way right I think in I think in the years to come Kellen's legacy will grow stronger I think it's very relevant right now but I think it'll be in the years to come that he really becomes more appreciated there's a quarterback to Stephen McGee that I'm sure you're familiar with I know Um, I know Stephen McGee right like he he just he was a great guy for the program and he's someone that has always been really valued as a quarterback in around college station and Aggieland Um, I think Kalamon's going to be in that same kind of category yeah, um, and I think that uh, I, I make the point because I don't think a Jimbo Fisher can accomplish at A&M what he's done thus far without a Kellen Mond. And right. I think on the other side, if you're a Longhorn fan and looking at the Texas situation, the way that Texas was not able to accomplish even close to what Kellen was doing at the right. end of this year is why essentially Tom Herman was let go. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. I know people probably thought it was crazy or that I was crazy to think about it. But Haley, we talked about it when that statement was released from Texas's uh, athletic director, Christo Conti. Right. You and I both were like, this is not a statement saying Tom is back. In fact, the it whole, says complete opposite. The whole thing just was slimy going back to not that gonna statement. Not going to disagree with that, yeah. Going back to that statement to how the firing transpired. I mean, even as like just... My, like literally just Texas, what are you doing as a program? You come across slimy, you come across dirty. There's nothing like remotely charming about anything that you have done lately. And especially in the fact that you fired your head coach the Saturday after your bowl, your big bowl win, Saturday, yeah, he gets fired. Let's not call okay. it a big. We're not going to call it. Well, Texas has won, won the Alamo Bowl. Okay, we yes. have a closet, <laughs> a, a closet filled with Alamo Bowl trophies that they, we never visit. Okay, they collect I'm, dust. The term big wasn't because of the bowl caliber. It was because of the margin of victory that they won. Is it was okay, they yes, won yes, handedly. That's, that's why it was a big bowl win. Okay. And But you fire your head coach that same week. And then the same day, you announce your new head coach. So it's like what has been going on behind closed doors? And that just, to me, feels slimy. It feels disrespectful to Herman. And it just really goes to show, to me, what the university has felt about this program, not only this season, but at least for the past couple weeks. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I think from a, more of an insider's look, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with the slimy, and it seems like you know we got a lot of shadow games going on. However, Tom Herman was the catalyst for all of that because yeah. that was his behavior that caused Texas to do it and putting them in a very unique situation, right. being a guy that is undefeated in bowls. Um, somebody said it best, uh, uh, um, gosh, the guy, I can't remember his last name, but Spencer Overett, uh, who uh, formerly of SB Nation said that he felt like Tom Herman was a guy that was a C minus student, but always nailed the final. And that's what <laughs> Herman was. 
And Herman was not the type of guy uh, that Texas ended up wanting because he ended up not being a good leader. We talk about culture. Right. That was the issue. When you have the sixth right. rank rooting class, then the 14th, and now you're dipping into the 20s, the number right. one player in the country doesn't want to come here anymore. You have players leaving in a mass exodus. You've lost the locker room figuratively and literally. Right. That's a problem. That's a cancer that you cannot cure unless you cut it out. So, so they might I mean, have done it the wrong way, but the result was the correct thing to happen. So how do you feel then about Sark? So Steve Sarkeesian, for those of you listening that may not have heard, don't know how you couldn't have, but whatever, um, the offensive coordinator at Alabama who has had a lot of skeletons in his closet as a football coach. Um, he, as a head coach, was 46 and 35. That's his record. At USC in Washington? It's, yep. It's okay. Between 2009 to 2015. Um, he had has a reputation, um, has definitely turned around things in his time at Alabama, likely learning a lot from Coach Saban, which are great things going into a Texas program. But Tyler, how are you feeling about this hire? I am feel, I don't want to say ambivalent, but it's, um, it's definitely not something that I had on my, my bingo card <laughs> for, uh, I did not have him as my, one of my projected coaches. Fair. I'll tell you this about Sark. I remember Sark as a kid, the first time I ever saw him was on the sidelines watching the title game between SC and Texas. Yep. Uh, they talked about him a lot because of his relationship with Matt and Reggie. This guy has coached a lot of superstars. Um, he also has had his demons with alcoholism, which I commend him for being sober and hope he can. And, and I'm not trying to say this in a funny way. Um, Austin is not a great place to try and stay sober. It's not. And that I'm sure that um, right. people have concerns about that. I don't with this guy. I think I actually liked a reform center. I like a guy that's been through the ringer. I like that he's, he's failed before. You would, I'm like, you would hope. And we can say that he's learned from his mistakes. Absolutely. I hope so. Um, and I think just from an X's and O's standpoint, looking at what he's been able to do with uh, Alabama the past two years, and specifically right. this year with the talent, um, it, it doesn't, I mean, the talent at Alabama is amazing. But the argument at Texas for so many years, which I will give Sark a big check in the plus column, is that Texas has had talent, but it yeah. has not been utilized correctly. And right. I feel that if Sark was at Texas, He'd be running the ball with Bijan Robinson every yep. freaking Saturday. So I think for right. Texas fans, they can at least look at that and be like, well, at least he's not dumb enough to not run that guy like our last yeah. head coach. Right. So we'll just see how that plays out. Um, it's, it's a mystery hire right now. Like, I don't know if anybody really knows how that's going to go. We're just going to see just, it play out. It's so fascinating how it all transpired, you it know, is. especially in the fact that uh, Steve Sarkeesian is, was preparing for college football playoff and because didn't that get announced the same day that Alabama played I th it might have been a day yeah. I think it was after I think it was after or was it right before? no you're right you're right you're no, right, was it, it was you're after. right. sorry um, I was thinking that January 1st was on Saturday not on but I'm sure those you're conversations right. yeah. were happening I mean he was Austin in Austin right. to uh come um it's weird that Sark the shark is now my head football coach it's it's a strange feeling Haley I gotta tell you because usually yeah. you get prepared. I almost feel like this is a weird arranged marriage, you know, like one of those Netflix movies. Yes. Like I've never are met you, this man before. I don't know what to feel. Are you surprised that Sam decided to take his exit? I'm not. Just the same way with Kellen. Uh, I, yeah. I think that both of those guys are so similar and that they were never going to stay for a fifth year if it went good or bad. I just think right. that's their character to leave the next spot open, uh, to let the next guy uh, take a shot and have an opportunity. I feel like, I don't know necessarily for Sam, I feel like he could feel this way, but especially for Kellen, I feel like he knows the hands that he's leaving the program in and he feels confident to be able to bow out gracefully and be like, my time is done. I've done my job. Like I have him sounding like a shaman, but it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a shaman. I, yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like he's like he, it's like those uh, like Disney movies that he like came, he came in. He was the guy. He did his job. He did what was asked of him. He followed all the steps, and then now he can just turn into sparkly dust and float away and feel good about what he did. <laughs> he goes to the to the undying lands. Um, yes, yes. I, I feel like in a sadder way, and it is sad. Sam Ellinger is leaving this pro saying like I don't really know what you guys want else out of me like I yeah I, was, I mean I feel like everything I feel like I feel and I hope that he's able to 
look back and reflect and say, I gave everything that I had to this program. And because of that, I feel I can leave. Yeah. Whereas whereas Kellen got the job done and gave it his all. I mean, Sam didn't have too many options to actually succeed. So no, um, I, I, I even think of an urban Meyer had ended up coming to Texas that Sam would not have stayed and right. he would have gone on to the next guy. Um, I feel like Sam Ellinger in Texas football history is always going to be the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause just like you said, with Kellen Mond being where he is in the rankings, the saddest thing is to look at Sam Ellinger's stats where he yeah. is buddied up next to or in front of, Vince Young and Cole right. McCoy and Major Alf White, all people who won Big 12 championships, who competed for national championships, and he never even really got to. And, and I that, almost that feel stinks. that he arguably had probably a better roster of talent around him than even the likes of those guys. It's You can absolutely argue that, and I will argue yeah. that, and I think that is one of the biggest reasons why Tom Herman was let go is an inability to develop young men. That is the big thing at every single yeah. program. That's the, that's the job right there. Couldn't do it. It matters. Um, it, and this is people I know you, we, y'all could, I'm sure y'all could listen to us talk about AM and text all day, but I'll just finish it up with this because you said that, that actually, I know I said earlier, my favorite moment of bowl season was AM's 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, especially as an Aggie fourth quarter has always kind of been our Achilles heel, much less the second half of games to see that team finish out the way they did, but not just that, but to see the moment of Jimbo and Kellen, their embrace post-game. That hug, that passion, that love that they had for one another. You know, Jimbo said all season long that this locker room was a team that loved one another. And you really saw that saw that display from the way they finished out the season to where they played that bowl game. They ended up having three defensive starters opt out right before the bowl game. Still undisclosed why, but they didn't play. But regardless of that, Everyone else did. Everyone else stuck it out. And I think that says a lot to the type of person that Jimbo Fisher is and the type of standard that he holds his players to to make them be great men and leaders in no matter what they do in their post-football life. And I think that is something to be said about who he is as a coach and as a man. Yeah, nobody's calling Tom Herman after this. <laughs> Sorry. I think, you know what, for Tom, look, the same way with Sark went through his stuff, I think as right. all, all of us as human beings – we will attempt to do a thing. We'll do it a wrong way. We'll rub people the wrong way. We'll be an asshole. Um, he can learn from this and he can be better. And we'll, I doubt Tom Herman will not uh, just fade away. I'm sure he'll reappear sometime in the future. I mean, you've seen the likes of Mike Leach's. People thought that he was dead in the water. And Lane he Kiffin re- being yeah, left like, on tarmac. Right. Like they, <laughs> they rose from the ashes. Even Hugh Freeze, like shout out to Liberty, you hey, know, going, you go. <laughs> doing what they did. Like you never know, you know, right. you, we love we a redemption not, act. We have not seen the last of Tom Herman. Well, we have for a while and I'm okay with that. I don't need <laughs> to see, I don't need to see a Tommy for a little bit. It's like breaking up with an ex. Like when you're done and you're have, the one what, breaking up, you're like, you don't want to see him for a while. Like I think we'll see Gus Malzahn back before we see Tom Herman. I do too. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do got to say before we move on to talking about, um, uh, the playoffs and then our, our breakdown for the national championship game. Right. If, if Sark was on the table, why it may, if, if that's the level Texas was going to go with, why couldn't we get Lane Kiffin? I would have loved that. Lane Kiffin fits perfectly in Austin, Texas. Yes. He's such a weirdo. He would be perfect here. Why didn't we do that? He also, because I also think he fits perfect in Oxford, Mississippi. He does. That's a weird place to, it's similar. So, but I could Lane Kiffin and Matthew McConaughey. Come on. <laughs> It's made <laughs> to be. On, would have been on every billboard Shit. in the state. I tell you, we would not have won a lot of games because those two would have hung out too much, too much smoking pot, not enough focus. Anyways, uh, speaking of focus, this will be my transition. I think we can have an easy enough breakdown with what happened in the playoffs, Alabama yeah. and Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame was more competitive in this game, but it, it was literally as easy as we talked about, Haley. They could not run the football. And if you couldn't run the football, Ian Book had a pass. It just wasn't going to be there. More competitive. Not, were we watching the same game? It was more competitive they than when Notre Dame points. played them. No, when Notre Dame played them in 2012. Okay. That team had no business being on the field with Alabama. Okay, this one did. That's, that's the only thing I was going to say, you Notre Dame hater. Notre Dame didn't deserve to be there. Oh, don't go. We're not going down that road again. Yes, they deserve to be there. Look, No, they didn't. Number four spot was going to get crushed. As well as your Aggies played, they would have got crushed too. 
it would have been a closer game. No, it wouldn't have. Yes, it would have. <laughs> by what? You would have lost by 21 instead of 24? No, it would have been a closer game. We're not going to go there. Kay. But Notre Dame got crushed. I think the game that we obviously have to talk about that we did not see coming, and I don't know if a lot of people did outside of Ryan Day and Justin Fields and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, but what happened with Clemson, Ohio State? What was your, what's your first takeaway with watching that game? that they knew they were going to be there the whole season and they'd been preparing for that game since week one. Even even the quality of play, the play designs, we saw thing we saw Ohio State bring a whole different dimension of their entire program into this game with players being out that I truly think that Ohio State was putting up smoke screens in every single other game they played this year because they knew that they could. There is. I, I'm. I'm not going to say that's a stretch. It might be. I don't. I, I don't want to go. Yeah. Like, do theory. I le- do I legitimately think that they were in their meeting rooms planning to play Clemson? No. I know. No. I know. But the but the, but, that, but the point made is like if you like watch this that's Ohio State team, yeah. If you watch this Ohio State team this year and you thought they could do that, you're a liar or you got lucky. They had not put a complete. <laughs> they have not put a complete game together this year, Haley. Uh, in the Indiana game, Justin Fields was terrible. That defense was atrocious. Against Northwestern, that offense couldn't move the football. They right. were inconsistent the whole year. They'd only played six games. As you mentioned, they had players out every single week with COVID. Nobody saw that coming except for Ohio State. I mean, and, and then not even just that. When Justin Fields took the hit that he did, the second that happened, I was like, there's no way Clemson wins this game. It, it was no, ju- no prayer. Yeah. It was almost it was it was eerily similar to what James Skalski did in the title game against LSU right. when that game was still within reach. It was going right. back and forth. I felt the exact same way. And I think I think two things. I don't know if you're gonna agree with me with this first thing. I think that Clemson is still one of the best teams in the country. I think that they got out coached and outplayed because Dabo Sweeney did not take them seriously. He can tell me after the game that they they prepped. They can tell me that uh, they were just, you know, well, well, you know, we did prepare. We were ready for him. You're a liar. You did not. You did not think this was going to happen to you. And I go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I could buy that. I I absolutely can buy that. There's a lot of people that would say that Dabo Sweetie comes across as very arrogant. Um, and I could see that. I absolutely could. But I don't think that the type of player in person Trevor Lawrence is would fall into that same trap. I think Trevor was what like was prepared. And if he felt like he was underprepared, I think he would have taken it upon himself to watch more film, do more things to make sure that he was prepared for that game. So I think this game actually said a lot more about Clemson than it did Ohio state. Very similar to how you keep bringing up that Cincinnati lost the game to Georgia. Georgia didn't beat Cincinnati. I think that's very similar. I think that just quite frankly, Clemson lost this game to Ohio State. And what I can't stop thinking about, and yes, a lot of this comes from my dislike of Notre Dame, but I feel like we got duped. I feel like the ACC fooled all of us that they had this massive smoke smoke screen up and we were all wearing rose-colored sunglasses in the fact that we said, oh, the ACC should be strong. The ACC has Clemson. The ACC has Notre Dame, they should be great. They are great. And then we've only seen the body of work that they've put up against each other. And they went 0-6 in bowl games. And then we also only compared how good Clemson and Notre Dame were by playing each other. But there's a very real possibility that those teams, great programs, yes, top 10 programs, yes. But we really have to take a hard look that, and again, it goes back to the expanded playoff. Had there been another game in there, we would have been actually able to evaluate these two teams because at the end of the day, I think we got duped by both of these programs and that they weren't completely cracked up to be what they thought they were. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a half of that. I'm going to give you, I'll give you Notre Dame. I'll, I'm willing to trade. My delegation will give you Notre Dame was overrated the entire year, but I can't let you have Clemson. I still think that was one of the best teams in the country. The only reason I feel this way about Clemson is because On paper, absolutely. Did they have Trevor Lawrence? Yes. Did they have all of these skill player weapons? Yes. Did they have a phenomenal defense? Also, yes. But where I just hold out and where I'm just slightly skeptical 
is because, again, we valued them based on their wins against Notre Dame. And then you look at the performances that Notre Dame had. So then it comes back to how good of wins were Clemson actually over Notre Dame. It's, it's, and then it, because, you, because not yeah. only that, that was you look at Clemson's record, they didn't play a team with a winning record. But they have. I think Clemson is in a different conversation than a Notre Dame because we're not just talking. I know we're talking about new players, but we're not. Travis and Trevor so have you're been saying, there. So These you're saying the because of the veterans that yes. they have on their team. Because, look, fair, let me fair. ask you a question. Do you think that Alabama, when they got smoked by 40, what was it, 44 to 16 by Clemson in the national championship was overrated? That Alabama team was not overrated. That was a really good football team. They just got beat by a better one on right. that night. Right. I feel the same way. I, I almost, in my mind, watching that game, and I could be wrong, I thought about USC-Texas. I'll go to my grave saying that USC, hands down, was the better team against Texas. But Texas was a Rose better. Bowl. But Texas was a better team that night. And I think what you said, when Justin Fields got hit, that was like a Michael Jordan flu game-esque yes. performance. That was insane. He was able to make me do something I'd never do, which is root for Ohio State. What they did in the second quarter was unbelievable. I was on the edge of my seat. I wanted them to go, go, go. Right. That pass he threw that was like, Haley, it looked right. like it was 80 yards and it was thrown by a baby angel. That was amazing. Yeah. I could and, not believe it. I mean, and not only that, the, the hard part too is like you wanted to root for him, but where I was actually disappointed in a lot of media and a lot of people is all the jokes that people made when he went, you know, at halftime, they were like, what are we going to shoot him up with? Better shoot up Justin Fields. And it was like, y'all. This dude's ribs are likely broken. Let's remember he's a human. Yes, he and... could be eternally bleeding. Like, right. if anybody saw that hit, I'm like, how is he yes. still alive right yes, now? Yes, he looks like he got snapped in half. Yes. And the concerning thing, and now where the eyebrows raise, is the likes of Nick Saban's daughter, in case anyone saw this. She decided to tweet this week, basically saying, because there is rumors, and you know, at the top of the show, we said the college football national championship is allegedly happening Monday. All signs point to it happening, but there were conversations being placed on social media and in the rumor mill that the game potentially could get pushed back an additional week to the 18th because of COVID issues at Ohio State. Are there COVID issues at Ohio State? Absolutely. I read one article that said that they might have an entire position group out this game, which is very relevant. We've said for a while, and that's been, again, that's been my qualm with Ohio State, take care of business. You make your bed, you got to lie in it. And they didn't have to in the regular season. Is this going to be the time that they do? I don't know, but it's kind of ironic. Also, I'm just thinking of this on the spot. We're seeing what's happening with the Browns. Maybe it's the state of Ohio not handling business and not Ohio State. Which you is know? a very, very strong possibility. Right, right. It's the state of Ohio. People, Ohio. come on. But with that being said, Nick Saban's daughter decided to say that COVID is not the issue, and in reality, they just want Justin Fields to be healthier, and that she thinks that they are basically using COVID as a scapegoat to push back the national championship because their quarterback is hurt. I love it. She this, deleted it for what it's good. worth. She deleted good. it not quickly enough for people to have take their screen grabs. You know, we talk about this on the show a lot. Sportsmanship is a wonderful thing, <laughs> but when I like a title fight where there's shit talking. It's good. It's what makes it right. fun. Like Mormons and mullets earlier this year. I, I love that Dabo, you want to talk about karma? Yeah. Well, the 11th best team in the country just beat your ass. Like that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think this is good on the other it was, side. It was, oh man, it was hilarious. Those players being, or even LeBron, LeBron came fighting at Dabo Sweeney and was like, basically along the lines of saying, well, if we're 11th, what are they 18th? Exactly. <laughs> it was so, oh, so good. And, and it's one of those things you better be careful yep. when you do that because you just Bulletin never board know. material. Because college football is weird like that. I mean, in pro football, um, you know how it goes, Haley. Like, yeah. it really is so close. The motivation for these guys is completely different from college. In college, right. any given night, something like Ohio State did can yeah. happen. I don't know right. if Ohio State, I, I, I got to be honest, as we kind of move into the title game as we have, I think that might have been the best that Ohio State can play. Yeah. They, could, could they beat Alabama? Possibly. But I think that was an out-of-body. We're so sick and tired of what everybody said about right. us. Rightfully or wrong, doesn't matter. They internalize that. Um, and then to Dabo, to add the cherry on top of talking shit, it just, they all, they played perfectly. 
It was right. a, that think, defensive performance. They had not done that all year. Yeah. The offense had not played that well all year. It was like Clemson's o- offensive line had never seen a pass rush. Right. And insanity. a lot of people, again, again, I'm just going to keep fighting this argument that it comes down to the lack the play of the ACC. You could you could say that about this Clemson's team for sure. Like I said, I'm giving you Notre Dame, but this was this was Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Right. This, these, this is but, a guy okay. who's lost two but, games in his career. One is a national title. The other is a playoff game. Okay. It's insanity. Tell me when one time this season that Travis Etienne won a game for Clemson. Tell me a time this season that he showed up and did the things that he was supposed to do this season. Again, this can go back. We can blame their well, we can blame Syracuse their line. and against okay. Georgia Tech. You know. They, oh, okay. So teams that probably combine have two I wins. I get it. I get it. I I'm do. just I'm just throwing out there's an asterisk that looms, and it's because of the ACC. Uh, I'm not going to disagree. Oh, and six. The, the, the showing is oh, put, it's proof is in the pudding. You are what your record is, and you cannot yes. you cannot defend against it. It was a terrible showing from top to bottom from the conference and it ended in the worst way people picked ohio state to win but nobody saw that happening and it was truly unbelievable i think uh i I hope everybody got to watch it and as far as the national title no like genuinely my reaction when that game was happening i didn't even watch the end it was we got duped i i was just like just I, i actually liked it i loved it for justin fields like can anybody really imagine? I, I'm, I'm sure everybody was of like, we've all been in pain before in some way. I don't understand how physically he was able to do drugs or not what he was able to do in that game. That was oh, I think it was. I mean, I've you know had been around a lot of athletes, and in moments like that, it's kind of how people say when when parents are in moments of stress, they could flip a car. Or they get this outer worldly strength. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's pretty much the same thing. When players get injured in a game and are able to keep going, you saw it with the likes of Kobe Bryant tearing his Achilles. You saw, you know, you, there's (laughs) been so many, right. There's so many different examples in sports history that you see athletes continue to push through moments of pain because truthfully, they're not thinking about it. They're not realizing it, but I damn sure believe that Justin Fields felt like he got hit by a bus the next day it was a vicious hit and and I I I think a few things from that game I I think one thing that we've seen this year Haley that really needs to be dissected and talked about and uh reformed is the targeting penalty there are there needs to be different subsets for it I'm not defending what James Skalski did right uh but he you want to talk about the lowering the head for defensive players, but not for offensive. There, right. there needs to be a, a difference. There needs to right. be different classifications for it because some of these, some of these, should not happen. Um, right. I don't know if anybody. I don't know if James Scalzi was projecting Justin Fields to awkwardly turn in. Uh, yeah, his exactly. Body like, like that. Yeah, I. It's hard to say. I saw a lot of people advocating and arguing for the fact that he should have gotten the personal foul, but not been ejected from the game. That's what I would like to see with targeting is that right. still review it, right? But then if it cannot just be this blanket, well, he, he met some of the criteria, so he's gone. Like it, right. it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, shit, up the ante. Make that shit a 20-yard penalty. 25. Yes. Uh, do, you know what uh, I mean? Like eject make him for it, a half or something. It right, cannot like, be make what it, it is. Make it actually – make it be more felt in the moment, not in the – like in the time after you know what i mean like because these players they lose what is it that from that you point they're done the and another half, half which right. was which clearly if you're a clinton fan you were upset because nolan turner your safety had right. to miss the first half of that game because his targeting penalty i always right. tell people to go back to last year's oklahoma lsu playoff game when you saw what oh you i can't remember his name literally launched himself Right. looking to hit somebody in the head. And then right. what Sean Wade did against Clemson, they are not the same thing. Right. right, right. No, I completely agree. And, yeah, I mean, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be looked at. But that was also – it's kind of – even if that player would have stayed in the game, it wouldn't have changed. No, it would not have changed. What Justin Fields did, that's the other thing I, I wanted to mention from this game is, like, uh, so many questions coming in about Trevor this year. Right. He, you know, he's going number one. What Mac Jones is doing, Justin Fields, what, no matter who wins the national championship on Monday, this season will be remembered by what he did in the playoffs. That was an all-time yeah. performance. 
I know what Joe Burrow did last year, uh, um, easily enough against Oklahoma and LSU, but what Justin Fields did was that's an all-time college football moment. He made himself I would say some that money he, and yeah. gained the respect of everybody in the NFL. I'm even seeing, I mean, he's climbing up, yeah. you know, dramatically on draft boards. I'm seeing teams, you know, him going as high as top five. A lot of teams are needing quarterbacks this year. So he definitely made himself some money. He could make himself some more on Monday night. He absolutely can. I mean, watching him take that rib hit and then throw a 70-yard bomb NFL scouts are like, yeah, that guy on my team right. now. Maybe he goes to Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, or maybe it's Trevor Lawrence. Who knows, right? Right. We'll see. Uh, I do know this is that uh, this is going to be a fun matchup to watch when we're talking about Justin Fields and some other players. And I just mentioned Sean Wade as we break down this title game before we get out of here, Haley. Um, Sean Wade, cornerback, who I was just talking about, um, told reporters, and rightfully so, I get it, you need to do this. Uh, he said, you already know which one I'm going to go up against when talking about Alabama wide receiver Devonta Smith. Haley, yep. when we look at this game, look, Justin Fields played great. That offense was amazing. We know that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are going to get their touches. It's going to be a handful for Patrick Sertan and that Bama's secondary to try and stop. But Sean Wade got embarrassed against Clemson. And right. I don't – It this could be a bloodbath defensively for the Buckeyes. I definitely could. I think at the end of the day, like the thing you need to know about this game is simply how to stop the Alabama offense. That's it. Because they can score in, quite frankly, the blink of an eye. You let Devonta Smith get past you and it's over. Yeah. Um, he is the Heisman winner. He's the Belenticoff winner. They have the best interior lineman. Their offensive line just won the best O-line. Joe Moore award, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like they – not only that, Mac Jones won the Davey O'Brien Award for the nation's best quarterback. It's their offense is a lot to handle. It's it's a lot to handle. And then there's whispers around the bend that Jalen Waddle could be back right. for the title game, which isn't that's not even fair. And to be frank, I don't even know if he'd really be utilized that much coming back from an injury. You yeah. haven't played pretty much the entire year. The rhythm that the Alabama O has going right now doesn't really need to be tinkered with. Um, and just again, folks, go watch Sean Wade. Uh, poor Kirk Herbstreet could not stop picking on him, but rightfully so, breaking down Sean Wade's game. And he just got embarrassed the entire night. And so imagining, and one of the things that Sean Wade was doing against Clemson that Kirk Herbstreet was losing his mind about was that he played this soft coverage. Right. And if you're, you, have you seen Devontae Smith play football, Sean Wade? If you don't get a hold of that kid, he is gone. He I mean, is this the game, most explosive player in the country. And, and uh, so I worry about that for Ohio State. And I think, uh, you know, Haley, I'm not going to bet against them now. We joked about this being the fourth right. team in. It was back in the same in 2014. Nobody thought they should be there. They won the whole damn thing. I'm not going to bet against the Buckeyes, but I'd be pretty surprised if they won this game because I think they just played their best football. I think they – they gave everything they had against Clemson. I don't know if they have enough left to beat Bama. I mean, I'm right there with you, but at the same time, I'm staying strong with this Alabama football team because the scary part is I don't think we've seen the best of Alabama football yet. It's true. Notre Dame wasn't particularly – like, they dominated that game, obviously, right? But they, did you, they did went you into feel that, they went, they went into cruise control in the second quarter. Yeah, they, did, they were like, okay, we won this game. It's yes. like after two possessions, like, we don't need to go – you know, we're not going to step on their throat. We're not going to embarrass them. That's a no, typical Najee, move. Najee accomplished that with the hurdle. Right. Like, that's that's a typical move of Saban, though. He's never been one to embarrass teams. And, yeah, in that game 100% felt like Alabama was in cruise control in the second quarter. Do you think there needs to be a new rule, Haley, that if Najee Harris – if you do something that like Najee did by, by hurdling a player, that the game is officially over? No, but I do. That was that no. Gave, it like, was over. We want everybody watching that who saw that said this shit is done. Like people even thought like Notre Dame didn't even need to be on the field with them at that point. Like you're you're playing two completely different games at that point. Yeah, dude, throw in the towel right then. Uh, yeah. it, it just wasn't gonna happen. But it was better. It was more competitive. They still got their ass kicked, but it was more competitive than when they played Manateo and his fake girlfriend, okay? <laughs> so you got to give Notre Dame props. They're doing the right thing. I don't got to give Notre Dame shit. You don't – whatever. I don't – I don't. I hate even defending Notre Dame because I'm not a fan of them. But, <laughs> but they played – I'm going to call it, like I said, they played a more competitive football game. It was, it was okay. And Ian Book leaves as the winningest quarterback in yep. college football history. So, and 
I'm excited to see where college football goes from and here. And they're back to not being in the ACC, so Notre Dame can go back to your relevancy. Yeah, they can go back to being independent. But it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, uh, you know, after the national title game, we'll talk about how long we're going to continue doing the show this year. But I'm so excited, Haley, before, uh, for the future of college football because it's right. so many unknowns. Think about all of the names we talked about tonight, folks. All the familiar faces are going to be gone. Trevor Lawrence gone. Uh, Justin Fields, Kellen Mond, Sam Ellinger, like the Kyle familiar, Trask, Kyle all Pitts. of them are gone. Yeah. Like, all these major pro, it's going to be fascinating to see who the next wave of star quarterbacks are going to be yep. in leaders in college football. Even, even the likes of Zach Wilson, BYU gone. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's going to be really fun to see. I have no idea what's going to happen. I know. Um, yeah, we'll find out if Texas is back. Maybe they're back in a couple of years. Who's uh oh? We saw the likes in the Colorado game, didn't we? Of uh in the in their bowl game, their backup quarterback, Casey Thompson. He did. Yes. He did really good. He did really yes. good. I was very excited about Casey Thompson. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes though for anybody who saw that. I was like, what about that kid? This is Colorado. With all due respect to Colorado, that was God. You're a terrible football team. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, you they were only terrible. played like four games i know yeah it's not their fault i i should have said that first it's not your fault that you're a terrible football team but my god i could have thrown for four touchdown passes who knows maybe he is the guy i have no idea we'll find out i think i think all we can hope for in 2021 and with this 2020 college football season coming to a close monday night is let's all put some energy into the world that by fall 2021 let's have a normal college football season and with that being said that means wear your mask people wash your hands take this shit seriously so while 2020 we can laugh it up and we can chalk it up and we can say this will be the most memorable college football season ever while it will be let's not repeat it let's not do another let's let's take care of our business now learn from this and make sure that we have the college football season that we all deserve and deserve to be at in 2021. Couldn't say, uh, say it better myself. So we're going to end the show right there. There well we done. go. That's it. That's there the show go. folks. Thank you, Haley. Yep. Monday night. It's the last one people last one. And in the meantime, if you want to argue with me about Notre Dame, feel free. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Haley one graves two and Instagram Haley graves with two S's. And uh, I'm just going to enjoy the games. I'll tweet at you, Haley. I'll tweet there you. I'll tweet at you about Ohio state this coming Monday. We'll see you guys next week though. Yep. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.